live, by the way, here on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connecting with you Italian football fans from all over the world. I still, I, I can't tell you guys how many hundreds of times I have watched that Jorginho penalty. It's been on loop in my brain for the past 30 hours, however long it's been. Such a sweet moment. The Azzurri are headed to the finals. We now have the opponent set, and we will get into the method, the Academy Award performance from Raheem, from Raheem Sterling that got England into the final as well. And we have to play them in Wembley, which is not going to be a walk in the park. So it's going to be Italy, England, Sunday, Euro 2020 final. Happy to bring in a loaded panel today of Italian football fans. And, you know, we all, uh, well, barring two of us, because we do have two Milanisti on the panel. But outside of that, we all cheer for different clubs. None of that matters, though, when we all unite with the Azzurri. Alex Dono, alongside, as always, my co-host, Jerry Mancini. Jerry uh, I know that uh, you were you were defending Cheeto yesterday, and I respect the one man army that you had uh, on Twitter the other day. How you doing, sir? How you relishing that victory? I hope he scores on Sunday. I, I think hope so it, too. It, I think if, if if he ever wants to like redeem himself, well, not for me, but for most haters and non like just just in general, I think the prime time for him to just like get his fans behind him is a goal versus England. Um, I think it would erase everything. That's just my opinion, personally. It, it, it's like a redemption kind of thing, especially like the one team that Italy has been hating through. The, I think more than Portu Portugal or anybody during these Euros. So uh, I know we'll talk more about the lineups and everything, but overall, I think England were lucky today. Um, oh yeah. That, don't don't get me wrong; they did play very well today. Um, this game should have been decided into a uh, shootout, but it is what it is at the end of the day. It happens in all sports with replays. Let's be honest, guys. That's just the the the, the common error of every sport, from the NFL to the NHL to whatever it may be. Replays has never been always correct when it should be because there's, there's enough evidence to provide the, the right solution, but... We, we continue with this saga. And just today it's with England versus um, Denmark. No doubt about that. Let's introduce our all-star panel on this episode. This man is joining us for the first time. Honestly, it's long overdue. He does an awesome job, not only writing for The Athletic, but on the State of Play pod, which is excellent. Martino Pucho is with us. Martino, welcome to the Calcio Connection, sir. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Um, finally, glad to be here. Probably got oh, 50 invites from Jerry over the course of the last six months or so. So <laughs> this is the first one to uh, go through. So um, I'm happy to be here uh, with everyone as well. We're happy to have you, sir. Uh, bring, bringing back first time in a little bit. We, we've seen his uh, wonderful bearded face gracing our airwaves before and he is back. Rafa is with us. Rafa Rispo, of course, you know him as Rafa Napoli from Far From Vesuvius. Welcome back, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, pleasure to come on and talk about Italia with you guys and actually be on the same page for once, you know? 
Yeah, we don't have to bicker and argue like we usually do when we we bring Not in fans really. from all sorts of clubs. It's nice. <laughs> we we, we can really. even like we all all five of us probably for the first time ever we're all supporting Chiellini. We're even supporting <laughs> Bonucci. It's crazy. Yes. It's funny because yesterday when he was laughing up and down with with uh, Jordi Alba before the penalty kicks, I was I was such joy. I was like, I love this guy Chiellini. Look, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I and in the back of my mind, I'm like this son of a b Juventino mother f. And uh, and it's like, you know, I can't believe it. I just I, I when they donned the shirt and they put the tricolore on and they put the azzurri on. I don't care what club they play for. I really don't. It's, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. Even Chiesa, you, you, you beautiful yeah. Juventino bastardo, you. You know, it, it's just the it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is, man. And Chiesa was so good in that match. I mean, the the goal he scored was beautiful. Created some dangerous attacking plays. I thought he was really excellent. Uh, the the fifth member of our panel, he's becoming a resident on the show. Second straight time. We're happy to have him back. It means he must be doing something good. Gianluca Lombardi, welcome back to the panel, sir. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited. Um, you know, uh, the game was amazing. Um, I think you know Italy's been doing such a, a wonderful job. Um. Thank you for having me. I, I look forward to talking about Calcio here, about the Azzurri. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me. Dude, and guys, before we we dive head first into Italy's dramatic penalty kick victory, I want to talk about a little bit about what transpired on the pitch today uh, in the other semifinal, England versus Denmark, and why it, it makes me a little bit concerned. I know it's going to be a different referee, but still, you get concerned about the final coming up on Sunday seeing England get a hometown call like they got on that Raheem Sterling dive for, you know, that game-saving uh, penalty kick, the, you know, well, game-winning penalty kick it turned out to be that Harry Kane took and struck it. It's like, I don't understand why we go through this whole song and dance of VAR when if you actually were studying the replay correctly. I, like, I can understand in live time um, when it's such a quick play I can understand how you can get that wrong on the pitch, but then the whole point of going to the video review is you get the benefit of so many different camera angles. You get the benefit of the super slow-mo replay, and in the money angle where you can clearly see, I think it was the angle that was like right behind Sterling, where you could clearly see whether or not contact took place before he was heading to the ground. It was clear as day that that contact did not take him to the ground. He was already on his way down before there was very minimal, if any, contact on the way down. And I don't know how you can study that and look at that and still come up with upholding that penalty. I mean, to me, it's like, what's even the point of having VAR? I mean, Martino, how did you see it? And how much does this concern you that having to play the final this Sunday at Wembley, uh, we could see some calls like that this weekend? Um, so, uh, first I'm not concerned about it. I don't think it was the biggest robbery I've ever seen. I, I thought it was incredibly soft and honestly, I wasn't surprised it didn't get reversed. I didn't expect it to. You, you never get calls that are when it's live like that. And the ref makes a decision where, you know, it's not close. Um, but to him in live time, as you mentioned, it's going to look like that. Cause he's probably not even caring about, Oh, look, his momentum's taking him forward. It's like, okay, he might get hit and go down here. What kind of call do I have to make? 
And he and I'm sure there could have been some external pressure. He probably thought from the fans saying, "If I don't call this a penalty, like this is going to be a terrible thing," which you don't you don't obviously want, and that shouldn't be a factor for a decision like that. But it's never going to get a reverse when it's not that clear and obvious. And I, even on the ESPN broadcast over here, I don't they uh, Jerry and Gianluca don't get the same one um, up north, but. Stuart Robson and, and, and Ian Dark were kind of like, oh, look, look, there's a contact right there. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's bare, that's barely anything. Yeah. And, and he, it, like, even if his momentum wasn't taking him over, that contact's nothing. There was more contact on the other non-penalty with Harry Kane, even though Harry Kane fouled um, the Danish defender. I, I can't remember who it was. Um, but again, I, uh, I wasn't that shocked for it. And I've seen worse calls, especially in the league we watch all the time. So um, I'm not I'm not too concerned about Sunday um, in regards to the to the call. But England was fortunate because even in the second half of the, of extra time, if Denmark even put one decent cross in on those corners, they had a real opportunity to score. I thought those were just terrible um, set pieces by them. So I mean, England lucked out, but uh, I like our chances Sunday. Yeah, so do I, honestly, and and I hope that I hope that what I said in the build up there does not get interpreted by folks who watch this and listen to this as me like laying out excuses already for Sunday. Because guys, I don't feel a need to lay out excuses because I absolutely think that Italy can win this game. And if Italy don't win this game, I just hope it's a situation where they have only themselves to blame for that. Because listen, guess what? I mean, for a lot of that matchup with Spain, at least as far as possession and the build up. Italy did get outplayed. Uh, they had a hard time breaking through Spain's press, particularly in the first half. So there are certainly things the Italians can do better in the final on Sunday. But before we we fully get into that, I want everybody's take on England going through today. Um, Gianluca, how did you feel about about that performance today by England? Your thoughts on the penalty and and how how concerned are you about this English side? Um, I, I think England played a, a great game, um, fast-paced. Um, they looked very well um, organized. Um, the penalty was really soft. Looking at it, as you said, from the referee's angle right off, right when it happened, I'm like, that's a penalty for sure, 100%. Then going into VAR, we see that there was not even, like it was a brush of the lake kind of contact. Um would I give the penalty in a in a in a game like that? Probably not. Um, but it's it's very it was very close to call. I think um, kind of like Martino said, um, even with the a lot of those English fans kind of could press the ref to make that call as a as a penalty. Um, but we don't we don't like to say things like that or we don't like that happening to a ref um but i've i've heard that before that happening um with with fans in the stadium as well um but unfortunately you know for denmark uh they got well the english got the pk and and they they got knocked out but england was uh was a good was a good team today and, and i do feel feel bad uh you know for denmark to to go out in such a close game on a call like that, because it's everybody has been following 
And for the most part, if if Denmark is not your first team, it's been most people's second team after what happened to Ericsson in the group stage. So it's tough to see them go out like this. Uh, Rafa, how did you feel about everything transpired uh, today for England and, and your concern over them as the finals opponent? I'm not terribly concerned uh, as, as opponents in the final uh, for them. Uh, you know, you, you don't make it to the final uh, unless you're Portugal in 2016 and do it unconvincingly. I mean, I think that England has done what they had to do in order to get to the final. Uh, you know, I, I heard this before and, and I'll say it because it really did stick with me in tournament football and tournament cultural soccer. You, you don't, you don't, you, you don't necessarily need to play that beautiful game. Like Italy has been so great. It's they've been entertaining. You know, Mancini said it from minute one, we want to entertain you know, and get the job done as well. But, you know, England, I, I mean, I can't say they've entertained quite well. They've scraped, scraped, you know, results together. You know, you go back and look at their results. They they barely beat, uh, you know, uh, Croatia. They didn't beat Scotland. They barely beat the Czech Republic. They barely beat Germany. They took yep. them 70, 75 minutes to beat Germany. And, you know, they scored two on them, but unconvincingly, if you ask me, and then when they get to the Ukraine, they thrash the Ukraine for no. Um, and then they 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 needed an own goal and a terrible, terrible penalty decision, if you ask me, to to scrape by a winded, tired, overachieving, uh uh, but with a lot of heart, Denmark, who probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. I'm not discrediting what Denmark did. I absolutely love the story. I love their play, I love their determination. It was wonderful to see. And had Italy not been in this final, I would have been going for Denmark. Like you guys said, everyone's second team. Usually it's Belgium for Mertens. But I really, really did enjoy Denmark. But at the end of the day, you got to get the results. So it doesn't matter how it happens. It happens. And England did that job. They just got scored on for the first time today. Yeah, you know, they went down, which was great to see. You know, the team, they can go down. And, and you know, we haven't gone down yet in, in the tournament. We have just, you know, even scored on, but we haven't been behind. So I feel like if we can get to the final and score first, England are done. I don't mm. think they'll have it. I don't think they'll have it. Um, as far as, the, you know, the penalty from today – Here's my view. You know, Immobile could dive in the box, and we're a bunch of diving, conniving, you know, uh, 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 Cretans. Um, and uh, you know, Sterling can dive and get himself a penalty, and and you know, they they call it and they win because of it, and it, and it's okay. You know what I mean? It's okay right. to get to get the call, but when Immobile dives in the box. You know, a lot of people are complaining about that dive in the box, yet the referee didn't give us the call. Whether it was a dive or a foul or non-foul, the call, the play didn't stop. Play continued. Everyone continued playing, and we scored, right? So, I, it, to me, it's not an excuse. I don't think uh, anybody could really, like, like, like discredit what we've done. Uh, a lot of people say, who have we beat, you know? Well, let's take a look at who England beat on the way in. You know what I mean? Um, you know, maybe I'm getting a little off topic here, but at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is for me, not even like as an outsider, 
uh, if I were an outsider, I'd still have my money on Italy winning this whole thing. I just don't think England have been convincing enough. You know, they like I said, they got to the final. They did what they had to do, and that's great. But now they have to play a team who convinced everyone when nobody picked them that this is a team that's going to win. So it's going to be a tough ask. I know it's at Wembley. I know, I know there's going to be a lot of English people, but you know what? There's a lot of Italians that live in England too that will be at oh, this yeah. match. And and it, and you know, by any means, it's going to be easy for England just because they have the the uh, you know, uh, you know the the bookies have them as a favorites or their home. Uh, I really do feel like this is Italy's tournament to, you know, to 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 lift the trophy, and it's special well, because. We, 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 you know, after not making the World Cup in 2018, you go out and win the Euros. I mean, it's 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 that much special. My kids ask me, "What would be better, Daddy, the World Cup in 2006 or if Italy wins this Euro?" And I told them, "Well, obviously, because I'm with you guys now. I didn't have them when I was younger. Mm. When I'm with you guys, this will be better. But I truly do feel like this will be just as special as that World Cup because of the fact." that we had so much adversity against us for this and, and, and to make it out as winners would be truly special. That is so well said. And, and honestly, I think that this is going to be a matchup between the two teams who have been covered on opposite sides of the spectrum, whereas England, England are the media darling. And obviously, and I know I, I can speak for Martino, and I'm sure it's probably similar for you guys in Canada that so much of the Euro coverage we get comes through an English lens so there just tends to be this favoritism towards that side. And there was so much doubt on Italy. Like you said so well, Ralph, everyone's like, you know, with, with the long unbeaten streak, well, who have they really played? Who have they really beaten? So these two teams have been covered on opposite sides of the spectrum. I want to give Jerry uh, the last word on England today. Jerry, what did you think about the call and about England advancing? Well, to piggyback on, on Rafa, as much as I have – predicted Italy to win the whole tournament when we did our, our preview. And as much as we think that England have been good or bad, it's one game. So it could be the worst game for Italy, knock on wood, because it's not like hockey where it's seven games and you can always rebound after two bad games and you can try to regain that momentum. You, you go into one game and you don't know what to expect. So as, as what we think England may not be as good as Italy, we may end up having the match all over again between Spain and Italy where Spain was the better side and we'll have to figure something out to overcome a better team. So we don't know, but I I, I agree that Italy should be the better team heading into this uh, match. I think the matchup in the midfield alone is where it will benefit them. I don't care about the back end. I don't care about the front. As we've seen in every single game, Italy is only strong when their midfield is strong. And when their midfield is weak, they're weak. Like that, It's simple as that. We, we can say what Immobile is. We can say what our wingers are. But they need the service starting from the midfield. And that was the area of concern against Spain. Credit to Pedri and Busquets where they dominated against a Italian midfield who has been – the best probably in all of Euros. Mm -hmm. So for me, you got a Barella, you got a Jorginho, and you got a Varati, who are going to be coming out much stronger prior to the last game. Um, 
who do you have in midfield for England? You got some guy named uh, Uncle Ben's Rice and uh, fucking. <laughs> he's good. I think he's Yorkshire Pierlo. I'm not gonna. Yeah, right. I'm not gonna <laughs> criticize him because I don't watch him enough to, to criticize him. But what I've been reading is mixed. Some people, the English people, love him for some reason. The, the Chelsea fans hate him because he's English. Yeah, yeah. Well, like they rate him so highly. Like, is he that talented and special? Because I didn't see anything great today. Um, I don't. I don't got shit on him because obviously, if he was shit, he wouldn't be in the league. But I, I just don't like to shit on if I don't have my facts straight. That's all. Um, who else do they have in the midfield uh, along with uh, Rice? I, I, that's how much I know about. Or yeah, they'll have. What's his name? Um, Calvin Phillips is a guy. Yeah, today. I, I I don't mind him. He's okay, but they got what's the other guy from uh, Aston Villa? Yeah, Grealish. Yeah, I hope he starts on the bench again. These guys are so stupid. Honestly, <laughs> I hope he starts on the bench. That that is the dumbest. I hope they they bench him because a guy like Jack Grealish should be starting against Italy for what he he can do. He would cause a lot of problems. And if he's on the bench, that benefits Italy big time because okay. I don't I don't like the notion of a super sub. That's just just me personally, um, because you're you're hoping that he comes in in the 70th minute and can make an impact in 20 minutes, and you lost out on him on 70 minutes, and God forbid you you're down a goal or two now, so you don't want to be chasing with your best players on the bench, and that's why I like he has a starting in the last two games, I think it's really opened up the game much more for Italy. Look how it's been beneficial. Um, as for the goal that that uh, England scored, it's bullshit. I'm going to say it right now, it's all fucking <laughs> bullshit. Um, I knew you would have been scored. It's fucking bullshit. It, it, it's crap. I... It's not because I love Immobile. I, 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 I can be biased at times. I, I, I'm the first to admit it. I think I'm probably like one of the very few who have humility on, on, on Twitter and will be honest and know that I'm biased and know that I'm wrong. But in the instance of this, how can how can the English fans all hate on Immobile for, for rolling around and getting up after the goal celebration when Raheem Sterling's no better and dies like a Superman? Like, like come on, man. And then and then on top of that, the goalkeeper has a laser in his eyes when he, they're taking the shot. And the last thing is two balls on a field. And I've seen mixed mixed reviews where they don't have to stop the play if there's two balls on the field. And I've seen a lot of people say that they have to stop it. So here's a question. If you don't have to stop it, why do minutes later when you throw the ball in and there's another ball on the field, do they have to make you retake the throw in then? There's two balls in place. There shouldn't be an issue. They should just – Shouldn't they just knock it away then and you continue the play? It's, I don't see no difference. That's just me. If, if, a, if a throw-in has to be retaken with a second ball in play, that should be stopped as a dead play. I know people are going to say, well, it didn't interfere with Raheem Sterling in the play and he still was able to get around it. That's not the point. What about the defender who, who gets distracted? I mean, now when the ball's in play on a throw and it doesn't affect the throw either. Yeah, yeah. true. I, I'm just saying, I saw somebody call me out on it. I was like, okay. 
But there been, what about a throw but in? The, no, but there have been plenty of there have been plenty there have been plenty of instances where ball is on the on the pitch and has nothing to do with the play, is not interfering in the play, but the ref will blow the whistle and stop, 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 take the throw in again because there's this ball on the pitch. You know, if 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 like you said, Jerry, if it's not interfering in the play, then just have one of the guys kick it out, or if it's if it's on the other end, you have the ball person come o- come over and pick it up really fast. If it's not in the way, you know what I mean. So you're 100 percent right. There's so many times where you see, you know, no, we got to take this again. There's a ball on the pitch down down the freaking pitch about ten yards out. You know what I mean? So you're right. There's a lot of lot of little things that some people don't see, and then they'll try to go ahead and make excuses for because they're English and that's what they want to do. And you know, when when it happens to other teams and other other players and, and you know other nations, you know, oh, you know, God forbid it happens to anyone else. But when it happens to 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 you know a certain a certain you know team or people that they you know, people support this certain nation. Oh, it's, it's, it's okay. It's just part of the game. You know what I mean? They, they don't say they, you can't be, you can't, you can't complain about one thing elsewhere. And then when it happens to you, just go, ah, whatever. You can't do it. It's, 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 what's the double what's standard? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's hypocrisy. I don't know. I, I just don't like the slander that immobile guy. And then all of a sudden the English Fans, all of a sudden, it's like Raheem Sterling did nothing wrong. It's just who has a history of but diving too. Dived, but Immobile, yeah, Immobile, yeah, and Immobile dived, and they didn't call the freaking call. What yeah, it didn't watch? it didn't like, affect anything. I mean, it, just, it was it was a yeah. funny video clip because you saw him. He actually does get fouled yeah. in defense. He does get fouled. He does. He just really I, I, stole it. He made a meal out of it. He he, he did get fouled. I, I think that had it gone to review, he would have got the penalty because you saw the cleats go high into him. But because they scored, they didn't have to look at it. Yeah. And I, I just think that he should have just stayed on the floor, in my opinion. Right. I'll, I'll always say that. Yeah, but all, all it was was a funny video clip because he was rolling around like he was really hurt. And then you see him get up and smile right after the goal was scored by Barella. And that's why it just it became a freaking meme after that. But I, I wanted to. It's funny. I was just checking this. Uh, and I want to get Martino's take on this because he does a great job you know, covering uh, covering the sport from a betting angle for the athletic. And he and I talk betting odds a lot. We're, we're, I, I guess I can't speak for him. I'm a degenerate. I don't know if I can speak for <laughs> Martino on that. But, you know, it's funny Too because brutal. obviously we've only known for a few hours uh, that England were going to be on the other side of that final. Uh, but, like, I, the betting odds are actually a lot closer right now. I'm looking at Bovada. They're a lot closer right now than I thought they would be, but I'm guessing over the next couple of days a lot of money's going to come in on England because that's usually the way this goes. Uh, so there's there's no spread. It's a pick em. Uh Italy are, I guess, the slight dog in the money line, very slight at plus 195, England at plus 165 plus 205 for the draw. So where do you think this is going to go, Martino? Are you like me that it's more money is in, it's definitely going to come in on England over the next couple of days? I think, well, I, well, those are uh, bigger odds than um, what BetMGM has because they have Italy at 180 and then England's at 170. So it's a little closer there. Oh, wow. Even closer. Um, yeah. So I think obviously the general public, we know how they are over here. And Rafa is like, we live in the perfect area that you could get the pulse of what the American people are like. You go into New York City um, at the football factory where, you know, Milan Club New York City always go watch the games. I've seen games there. There's a big contingency of PSG fans. 
I never met a French person in my life um, over here. I'll be honest with you. I think I knew one guy, but he was an Arsenal fan because of Thierry Henry. So I don't know where the PSG contingency comes from. So it's a bandwagon. It's all relatively fresh. You know how well NBC Sports does a great job with the Premier League. It's always hyped like that. Anytime anything is hyped with England. I I always draw parallels between, you know, England and Mexico too. Because like uh, a lot of average, you know, casual fans think Mexico is like one of the greatest countries in the world at football. They're really not. They're, They're terrible to be quite honest with you, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so that's – the American people are stupid. So they're going to put their money on England, um, <laughs> and I'll gladly take it. But I do think there's going to be a certain point where people are seeing like, okay, there's way too many – England's way too big of a favorite here. People are going to start betting Italy because, like, it's 33 games in a row now. How could right. you not bet on them? Because you look like an idiot if you don't. And – it's always funny because they always do it over here. They always do it. Anytime they bring up the biggest footballing nations, it's the Netherlands, it's Portugal, two countries who've never won a World Cup. They always have England tossed in there, rightfully Germany, rightfully Brazil, and they'll toss in Argentina at times. But we're talking about a team that has four World Cups. Like it's it's so lazy. And even then they make finals too. Even when it's in down times, they make a deep runs into tournaments. Like 2008, like they almost beat one of the greatest teams of all time on penalties when they didn't have, I'm pretty sure Pirlo didn't even play in that game. Yeah. In 2012, we weren't even supposed to be there. It's just, for me, it's just the funny thing that always happens. And the easiest way to put it is just with the San Antonio Spurs of, of the sport. And I like I'll take it, it any time because if you don't want to bet on us, that probably means we're going to win. So, uh, so I'm excited for that. And I, think the, and I think the Spurs, the Spurs analogy works here as well, Marty. Like in a in a micro sense, also because like you know when the Spurs had their their dynasty, which was like a very long dynasty, and they had great players. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't the flashiest players, right? It's the same way you look you look at Italy. I mean, you don't have anybody right now scoring five six goals in the same tournament. I mean, we certainly rate Italy's midfielders. Uh, but you know, you had that uh, that Ogden column for ESPN FC a couple days ago saying that there's not a single elite midfielder in the bunch, which is surprising to me. So I mean, I, I see the way that people look at Italy's players, and there's no doubt um, they, you know, the whole is better than the sum of all the individual parts. And it's an unbelievable coaching job by Mancini, and there's tremendous chemistry among these players. So they they really outperform like the actual level of the players themselves, which is kind of nice to see. So let's start to get into into how we look at this final. I want to bring you into this one, Gianluca, because I know that you you certainly are, are a good man for tactical breakdowns and everything. Um, how, how bullish are you on this Italy side to finish the job? I mean, a lot of people didn't see them even getting nearly this far. Um, I'll throw myself under the bus a little bit. I, I had said in our episode before the tournament started, I thought Italy would be a quarterfinal team, maybe semifinal at the absolute top. I give Jerry credit because Jerry predicted a victory from the beginning. We're one win now away from that. But now that Italy have gotten this far, Gianluca, do you think they finished the job? Um, it's going to be a tough, uh, a really tough matchup against uh, England, especially after today's game. As we've seen, um, even with Italy back in 2006, it was a slow start. They struggled to get out of the group stages, and then they ended up winning the whole tournament. Um, then again, we see England this year that, you know, they struggled in the beginning, um, and now they start start beating their, their opponents. Today, they, 
they struggled a bit. Um, and if it wasn't for that PK call, maybe they would have been out. But that could have just given them the chance for, for the golden ticket of winning the whole tournament. Um, but with Man Mancini as coach, um, after seeing his tactics against Spain, a few things that I've noticed um, that he did um, with putting Insigne up as a false number nine, getting Kiz uh, on to the left wing, bringing Berardi on on the right wing, um, things that, you know, typically you would say, okay, Insigne out, Bilotti in right away. He made Insigne play up there for a while until he said, okay, let's put Bilotti in. Um, so I think Mancini really knows what he's doing. Um, I think by bringing this Italian team to a final, uh, he's a great tactician. Um, he's got a great staff who's supporting him and helping him out. And I think with all um, with all he's doing, he's doing a great job. Even on the PKs, I've, I've noticed even the PKs against Spain, that was very, very well um, put together. And, and it was tactical, right? Putting Jorginho as a last kicker, um, Lucatelli as your first kicker. It's like, wow, like just brilliant. He, he, I felt like he knew that, you know, let's put Lucatelli out there, take that PK. Even if you miss, it's it's not too bad. Don't worry about it, which he did miss, unfortunately. But having Giorgino at the end, one of the best PK kickers in the world, um, yeah, he called it He called it perfectly. And, I, and I, I'll say it again. I think tactically we would have – we will – have England on lockdown. Um, it's just their their pace frightens me a bit. Yeah. They've got a lot of pace, so we'll see. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head that that would be just matchup wise. The one thing that we, that would concern me most is the pace. Um, and it's funny you brought up the penalty shootout, and I agree with you. Jorginho is a, an absolute brilliant penalty kick taker. On the flip side of it, with Spain. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine uh, how Alvaro Morata even got a green light to take a PK in that shootout. I mean, my, and and he must have because because the way that the way that the, the Spanish coach was doing it was like he was he was letting players like volunteer, whereas Mancini he knew exactly who he wanted to take penalties. So I guess Morata must have volunteered because he's probably thinking, I scored in this match. It was a nice goal. I was able to get us to extra time in the first place. You know, people have been dogging me, and obviously, it's you get to the darker side of being a football fan. Like people giving this guy death threats and stuff, even prior to the PK, it's disgusting. You know, it's it's one of the one of the most horrific things how people can take sports that seriously. It's you know, I I cover sports for a living, and I still find it hard to believe that people get that worked up. It is what it is. But you know, in the case of Morata, who had missed a PK already earlier in this tournament. You know, to uh, for him to even step up and take that, I guess it was ballsy. He was probably thinking, "I can go from being, you know, a guy who's been ripped and made fun of. I've become a meme this whole tournament, and if I can do this today, where I've already scored in regulation, and I can potentially maybe ice it in the peak kick shootout, I can become a legend." Unfortunately for him, not unfortunately for us, of course, but unfortunately for him, it didn't work out that way. But him even him even taking that PK, I thought, oh, that's not a good idea. Uh, I want to so, piggyback on that. I, yeah, go I, ahead. Think, I think another reason why Bellotti starts on the bench is because he's a better penalty, penalty a, a better penalty taker than Immobile. And I think if Immobile was in the situation of having to take a, a shot from the spot versus Spain, 
I don't, I'm not confident in him. I'll be honest. Um, he was four for eight, I believe, in, in City A this season. He was really not that strong in, in that category. And maybe Roberto Mancini did his homework and saw that Belotti can take penalties much better compared to Ray Mobley. And that's an area where he calls him off the bench. He brings him on in the 80th minute like he did against Spain and again against Austria. And he has a guy in the top in, in his five selection who can perform better in that area. Um as much as I like Immobile and I and I rate him all the time, that's one area where you don't want maybe him on the bench and you want him as your top five selection. That that's just me though. Like I think Bolotti is a much better penalty taker compared to Immobile. That you saw the, the shot way, was great. Yeah. yeah, the shot was. I don't think Immobile would have done better than that. I think also, he would have done. I honestly think he would have got stopped somehow because. But the problem with Immobile, he he doesn't go with accuracy. He goes with power, and when you go with power, you're you're either gonna sail over the net or hope that the goalkeeper goes the wrong way, and it doesn't always work for you. Um, I give credit to that with Bellotti, though, that, and and I think that's a good strategy by Mancini. Also, fresh legs, Jer, right? With, yeah. uh, no, for sure, for sure. But you, you can say that for Immobile too. If you if you start Bellotti over sure. Immobile, like, I agree with I agree with that point where you do have fresh legs coming in the 80th minute. Absolutely, that's always going to be the case in extra time. But I think the scenario though is it's beyond that. I think that he's already considering that I need Bellotti over Immobile for circumstances of why and penalty shootout. And think about what people are saying. Oh, Immobile can come off the bench and just be as effective as, as Balotti. But I do you want it? So. I don't think so either, personally. I don't but think so. do you do you really want to run the risk of him taking a penalty shot? And I, I know a lot of Lazio fans are going to say, "Well, he's good on penalty shots last season." Yeah, that's Immobile last season. It, Jerry. That's last season. <laughs> that's last season. I don't look at the year before. I looked at this year. What did he have? Fifteen penalties most- last year. Yeah, and he did well at the spa. I'll give him that. But this yeah. year he did bad. And, and you got to look at how he was this year. You don't look at last year. Last year's out the window. He would have been a perfect penalty taker last summer if that was the Euros. But this is now, and for me, it's just you, you go I, – I, I, and I, I know we're going to talk about the lineup shortly, but yeah, I, I just wanted to talk about the penalty can, kick. Can I just say one more thing on that? That's That's what a difference of an actual manager is opposed to, you know, just like a coach. And I think that's kind of been brought up before is, you know, coach can do everything right tactically and hit those heads, but only a true manager of emotions understands that, okay, maybe Immobile, I personally think he's a very emotional guy when it comes to stuff like that. And he knows if he is not a hundred percent between the years, because it's obvious he's not, because you can Mm. tell with like the little things, it's just not there. Right. It's one thing to not finish your chances. It's another thing to not be able to do all the little things that make you such a top player. So I think the that's where he hits it so perfectly. And there's such a unified group. Like that picture right before the uh, – it was either an extra time or right before penalties is like my favorite picture probably since Cannavato and Pirlo were like holding each other during the penalty shootout. That was like – that's just like my favorite thing. It's just you could tell he reunited the group like that. You don't go 33 in a row without not being unified, you know? Right. Martino, yeah. same thing with Insigne, dude. Like, he, like Insigne came out, and for me, you know, following Napoli, following Insigne all season long for seasons on end, you know, he had his best season with Napoli ever. And he, oh, so even inside of that, even inside of that season, 
he missed a penalty kick against Juventus in the Supercopa. And it's just a Supercopa, right, guys? But you could see it in his face how how badly he wanted that, and he didn't come through, and it messed with his head for a little bit. Then finally, we play Juventus in the in the uh, in Serie A at the San Paolo, and we win one nothing on an Insigne penalty kick. So so Mancini knows, like you said, Martino, where his players' heads are at. There's one thing that I really love about Mancini, and like you said, I, you know, we'll, we'll get to the lineup, but but Mancini knows how to line up to start. He knows the kinds of substitutions to make. Like I can, I can rival his substitutions with Leapy substitutions in 2006. I really think that yeah. he caught a lot of crap for no reason against Austria. Yet I feel like he played that to the T, and he knew what he was doing against Austria, not making the substitution after. Well, he did see that. That's the thing that everyone says. Oh, he didn't made the subs too late. He made two substitutions in the 67th minute of that game, and one of those players scored a goal in, in extra time, okay? And that was Locatelli and Piscina came in, okay? And then he waited until the 88th minute or 85th minute, whatever it was, to put in, you know, to to to, to change the front, to put Chiesa in and to put in, uh, I think it was Chiesa and Berardi, it might have been, or Bellotti. But, but everyone's saying, you waited too long, you waited too long. No. I feel like he played to Austria's tactics and saw that Austria didn't make a single substitution until the 89th minute because of injury. Okay. And now at the 85th minute, it's like, okay, let's, let's pull the plug. Let's, let's make these subs going into extra time with two more substitution opportunities. Okay. Or, or one more anyway. Uh, and knowing that in extra time, Austria is going to nail them with four subs and four fresh legs. And this guy had the wherewithal to wait and put his superstar super sub on the pitch till the 85th minute, knowing this is going extra time. And everyone law, everyone destroyed him. A lot of people, I can't say everyone destroyed him for making those subs too late. Oh, you want to win the game. You want to kill the game off. No, this is knockout football. Knockout football, you have to have in the back of your mind. We may go to extra time. We may go to penalties. I need to – I need to. It, it, he's, he's making these decisions as the players are playing this game. He's not just standing there going like this, mm, 70th minute, okay, let's put this guy on. You know what I mean? He's not a dumb guy. You said it yourself, 33 in a row for – not for – it's it's not for it, – it, not – he didn't do nothing to get him there. He did a lot to mm-hmm. get these guys there. 30 different goal scorers since his since his start. Uh, uh 78 goals since his start. Hadn't lost since freaking December uh, November 2018. This guy knows what he's doing. So if he's starting Immobile, there's a reason he's starting Immobile. If he's starting Berardi over Chiesa, there's a reason for that. Now you put Chiesa in. There's a reason for that. Locatelli scored two goals against Switzerland. Then we sit him. There's a reason for that. Verratti, he knows what he has in Verratti when he's when he's fully fit. You know, it, it, it's just it's just everybody needs to to chill <laughs> and let Mancini just do his thing. Let him do his thing because he knows what he's doing. Amen. Now, before we uh, we'll we'll wrap it up with lineup predictions and game predictions. Before we get to that, I want to throw a huge shout out to everybody who's been in the chat interacting. We appreciate all you guys. I'll throw a shout out to uh, Brooklyn Rob, who's down here, uh, lives near me in South Florida, and I always like to shout out Brooklyn Rob 
because he placed a futures bet before the tournament started on Italy at plus 750. So he's one victory away from making a lot of money. And he has actually promised me, because we live, I don't know, like 40, 50 miles apart, he's going to take me for a steak dinner. Now, I've got to be very nice to Brooklyn Rob because I think I pissed him off in recent episodes because I always talk shit about Juventus players, and I don't even do it on purpose. It just happens because I'm so goddamn biased against that club. He's a big Juventino, <laughs> so he gets mad at me. He was mad at me a couple of episodes ago for picking uh, Belgium. Now, I wasn't rooting for Belgium, of course, but I did pick Belgium over Italy. Shame on me. So Brooklyn Rob, he has now downgraded my steak dinner to Denny's. And so I'm, I'm trying to get him to upgrade it back to a more reasonable that, establishment. You got to get that porterhouse back, buddy. You yes, totally. And, and, and listen, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and obviously he loves Juventus as much as I hate them, but all fair play because he says, give some love to Bernardeschi. His penalty was awesome. That was a, that was a beautiful PK. In fact, I've what? seen like edits on it on social media because it really was a nice penalty kick. So Talk I, I would give him that much. Player. Yeah, no, totally. So I, I want to go uh, around the table. I mean, I don't think uh, my lineup prediction is not going to get too complicated, guys, because even though I've got, I've got a couple minor concerns, but for the most part, once you reach the finals, you know, assuming uh, assuming everybody is as healthy as they were in the semis, I think you you dance with the girl who brung you there. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily make any changes. Obviously. Um, I thought Martino made a good point about a I question Immobile's mental state a little bit. I'd still start him. I actually questioned Barella's legs a little bit. The guy looks goddamn exhausted, but still, I, I think I'd, I'd probably stick with the same starting 11 that we went with against Spain. Uh, so I'll go around the room on that. Jerry, I'll, I'll start with you. Do, do you start the same 11 or do you make any tweaks? Oh, you're on mute still. Yeah, sorry, I had another window. No worries. <laughs> um, do you make any changes? No, you don't. Simple. You don't. You don't make experiments now. You do experiments in group stages. You do it, and if you want, even in the semis, if you want to test it, or if you want to do it in the rounds of sixteen, whatever you want to do, man. But you don't do it now. Like now, you've built that chemistry, that uh, cohesiveness throughout the tournament. You've used Insigne with Immobile every single game. You don't take all Immobile and hope that Insigne adapts with Bellotti in the final game or Raspadori you put in uh, Berardi up front. It's just I think that was more of a tactical move, if anything, against a Spain side that was kind of probably frustrating uh, Italy. I, I didn't like the, the false nine decision. That was me. I think that Immobile would have benefited the fact that Italy were up one nothing and he had space finally to work in behind the defense because they had to like play up higher and try to commit for a goal to get back in the game. When when Italy is leading in a game, that benefits Immobile any day of the week because you're 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 forcing the defense to play higher up and having to commit, especially late in the game. That's where Immobile will drive off any team. Um, the wingers, you go with Chiesa. Chiesa has earned the spot. Um, like a, I would say that either or is fine with me, Berardi or Chiesa in that position because both have played enough games to kind of like say you either go with A or B. I don't think it's kind of an experiment. You know what you're going to get with either option. So it's not like you're, you're going with the roll of the dice compared to Immobile who has started all but one game. 
And along with Insigne, has to start as well. Again, same scenario. Started every game but one against Wales. Uh, the back line, you go with Emerson on the left. You go with um, Di Lorenzo on the right. And then you go with the center backs of Chiesa. Sorry, Chiesa, Kalini and uh, Bonucci. And in the midfield, you go Barella, um, Locatelli. No, Locatelli. Um, Jorginho. Jorginho Verratti. What I think about Locatelli... I always contemplate it. I, I, I never rule that decision out, but you, you, it's never going to happen. Let's be realistic here. It's always going to be something that fans are going to want Locatelli because they, they saw what he was able to do in the group stage. At the end of the day, you go with your best players, regardless of what happened the previous game. You're always going to go with your best 11. And if it doesn't work, you call on plan B, which which Bencini has been doing all tournament. Against Spain, what did he do? Um, I think, and to defend Rafa, um, everybody com- complained about Mancini making decisions too long against Austria. He did the reverse against Spain and reacted too quickly, and then people got mad at him for act- overreacting. Um, I didn't like the Chito Mobile decision. I, I'm, I, maybe I'm a little biased, but other than that, he made four substitutions before regulation, and considering the fact that you knew that you were going to extra time could have been a, a costly decision as well. So, cause you, you ran out of options. You don't know. Whereas against Austria, he played it out really safe, kind of let his players progress in the game and he got more legs out of his players. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, but no one's ever happy because everyone thinks they're a manager and Roberto Mancini just got there by freaking selling newspapers. He's, he's only uh, 33 on straight unbeaten. I mean, uh, people still question the guy. And the last thing, Gigi Gennaruma, as much as everybody thought he had a great game, he had a great game, but also a very bad game. With his with, with his feet, you mean, because he, oh, he his, made some error yeah, passes. Well, the, yeah. the first yeah. save, the first save, everyone's like, oh my God, what an amazing save. He saved Italy. He saved himself because that started from ball. him. Yeah, he passed the ball. Like, <laughs> That was my, my, my key takeaway of the half. Everybody was calling me out. It was like, yeah. Gigi, I'm like, what are you guys watching? Every play that Spain had an, had an opportunity was started from Gigi. I don't, I don't, that's why I said my key takeaway was Gigi was the worst player of the first half because he was our worst <laughs> enemy but our hero at the same time. he I've seen Milan fans. I'm not going to prop Milan fans. I've seen Martino talk about this. I've seen Sabrina talk about this. Gigi is the worst with his feet. And, well, God, and, and what you're saying with that game he had, it's it's like saving oh somebody from God. a fire that you started. It's like, oh, I I, yeah. I set the building on fire. Now I'm going to run in and rescue you. No, that, that's that's it's amazing that, was... that he had he had the most touches of any of the midfielders in wow in, in the um in the first half, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That's just me. I, I think Gigi's got to avoid. Every every time Martino maybe Martino and Gianluca would know best. Every time he holds the ball, I feel like a player is about to kill him. Like seriously, <laughs> I, I, go first on it. Yeah. I feel like someone's gonna kill him one day. Like for how long he holds the ball, and then when he distributes it, it's either right to a. He player. thinks he could drop a dime uh, with his feet, like a he, like a dime pass, like Pirlo used to. Like and it's always he's not off. Buffon. He's not Buffon. I'm sorry. They were, they, were, they were neither terrific with their feet, but at least Buffon made smart decisions. It's not like he was yeah. a great passer. He did, like, Gigi is such an idiot sometimes. And it, it almost cost us Champions League. 
Yeah. Who was well, our yeah, best no. passer? Who who would you think was our best passer? Gianluca Pagliuca. I used to love to say that guy's name, man. <laughs> that guy's name was awesome. You know, it's funny. He he was like I, I grew up on Pagliuca. Like he was my favorite back in the day. But honestly, I don't think I understood the game enough back then to know if he was a good. And also, like the game was so different. I don't think keepers like in the '90s played nearly as much with their yeah. feet. So he might have been shit with his feet. I was like a bar school. Like, he made some great saves back in the day. That was in an era where you could pass it back to the keeper. They could pick yeah. it up. Now you they can't. Up, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, 1992, man. I was reading about that in uh, Zonal Marking, man. My God. Yeah, great book. Yeah, that's uh, that's where they explained, like, Cruyff was the one who started with the goalkeepers playing at their feet because uh, he wanted – he's like, we have 11 guys on the field. We might as you might as well use another guy for that, and that's when, like, start coming out, like, as, a, like, a sweeper. No back. one's been better than Neuer at it. But, again, yeah. I mean, listen – you stop. You stop the shots like he Gijo does. Like, I mean, again, but still, like it's inexcusable. I have to be like, well, and, and Jerry, uh, you know, you gave me your your starting eleven prediction. Give me your prediction on the game as well, because we'll go around uh, everybody with that. Because I, I think the starting eleven predictions will probably be pretty quick, because uh, it'll be the same or similar to last uh, game. But Jerry, how do you see it playing out, man? Who wins? Italy. I've gone with Italy every game. I've gone through the beginning. I'm not changing my opinion. This whole fucking home crowd bullshit. You throw that out the door, man. It means shit to me. 60,000 fans at home. They're going to be fucking riling them up. I, I think at the end of the day, having home 60,000 fans is just not it, – it's good, but it's, it's just as bad. A lot of pressure. You have to make sure that the minute – look at the minute uh, they, they, they conceded a goal. There was panic in that nine minutes, and we're very fortunate to tie the game. They they were never impressive, like consistently throughout the game. They're Best game was away have, from Wembley. Yeah, like, yep. yeah, like I, I'm just I'm just not convinced about this whole home crowd. I think that benefits Italy a lot because there's no pressure on them. Who, who would they have to impress? Like they they're gonna go in and they're gonna be like, they're they're it's us David versus Goliath basically. That's what it is here and. I, at the end Goliath of the day, was five two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fans don't play the game. They don't dictate the game. They just give you the momentum. And even though they had the momentum, they still didn't play well in the first half hour. Who was the better team? Denmark. Denmark. It, it looked like Denmark was the home team, and they came out stronger. Um, I think that Italy is going to come mentally prepared. They're going to rebound after not. not you know, it wasn't a bad game by by Spain. It was a – Carlo Garganeza said it perfectly on the phone to me today. He said it perfect. He said they were outplayed by a better team. That's all it was. It wasn't like Italy was poor against Spain. They were just out, they were just outmatched by a much, much better team on the day, and that's it. So I think that Italy will be much better than England come Sunday, and this, this will come – I think it can be a similar performance to uh, – against Belgium, right? And yeah. the biggest takeaway from this game, I think, is that we're going to control possession again. And that's the biggest. I don't see an England side pressing Spain, sorry, pressing Italy like Spain was able to press Italy. They don't have that kind of speed in the midfield where they're able to attack for 90 minutes plus and have a, an Elmo kind of guy or a Pedri where they're just constantly going at you and retrieving the ball. And that was the biggest uh, issue with Italy the last game was that their speed, their ability to attack you all the time was able to, to just regain possession. And their their coach said that we're never going to give you the ball. Um, what, what's his name? In, in, 
Luis, uh, whatever the fuck his name Enrique? is. Enrique. Enrique. I, I couldn't remember it earlier either. Yeah. He said, he said before the game, we're not going to give Italy the possession. We're going to control the possession and we're going to make them have to like defend and we're just going to chase them down all the time. And I, and I see that they just, the midfield, right? Like I said before, I see two, one game. So uh, I want to get I want to go to Rafa next. Um, do you see any changes to the starting eleven, and what's your prediction for the scoreline? I don't see any changes. Um, I actually really want to comment on how great Di Lorenzo has been. Yes, um, he's he's just been a phenomenal player. He was he got up to a really slow start for Napoli this season, but he finished so strong. I mean, he can run up and down that pitch like no other. And it's cool to see, you know, I, I'm gutted about Spinazzola because he's fantastic. He was he was the best player for Italy, for sure. I still think he gets on a, an all-11, you know what I mean? Notwithstanding the fact that he missed the, he's going to miss the, you know, the he missed the last game, he's going to miss the final. Um, but I really do like Emerson on that side. I was a bit nervous because Emerson hadn't played much, you know, but. Uh, he did get the start against Wales. And, you know, Jerry said, though, that, you know, Insignia played every game except for Wales. Um, uh, Wales, we, we had the group wrapped up. I mean, you know, we were qualified. So it was a perfect opportunity for him to start eight different players to see what, what we had. And that's where Verratti came in. So, yes, Locatelli versus Verratti. When Verratti's fully fit, that, that was a game that Machini could afford to see. Okay, is Verratti fully fit? Can he play in a big pressure situation? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Um, so no changes for me. You, you you go with what what you got. I mean, you know, Chiesa Chiesa should start given the given the um, situations. I think Berardi starting for the first five matches or four matches were, was fine, but now Chiesa starting it, 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 it makes sense. You know, given these situations, um, you you start Immobile, you start Insigne. I mean, for me, I hate – it's like Jerry. He's biased for Immobile. I'm really biased for Insigne. When Insigne comes off mm-hmm. the pitch, I, I, I feel a little bit down. But that's because he's one of my favorite players. He's Napolitan. He plays on Napoli. But I really do feel like Italy loses a, a little bit of spark when he does come off. But at the same time, he, he tires too, and you have to – you know, make the right decisions for the team. So I understand it. You know what I mean? But you play the 11 that got you there. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with every single player on the team. I have no real qualms except for, yes, that Donnarumma wasn't really distributing that well, but he made up for it with the saves. Um, and my prediction for the match is 3-1 Italy. I think Love it. I think Italy's going to, I think Italy's going to score first. And I think England aren't going to know what to do. I really don't. If you ask me, if it had, if it wasn't for Raheem Sterling, England wouldn't even be in the the quarterfinals. If it wasn't for Raheem Sterling, England would probably wouldn't have finished first in their group. So, if we can contain Raheem Sterling, which I'm very confident that our defense can, then it's like Jerry said, it's a midfield game, and there's no better midfield in the whole world right now. In the whole world, you know, you could have, you could have, uh, you know, argued France's midfield. Not anymore. Right. Italy's midfield is Italy's. Italy ha- even if you take out Verratti, put in Locatelli, or you take out, you know, uh, Jorginho, put in Locatelli. Well, whoever you want. Uh, for me, you never take Jorginho out. Sorry, you never do. But, <laughs> I agree. But, but 
yeah, three one, same lineup as the semifinal. Go get him, Forza Italia. I love it. <laughs> but what, what about you, uh, Gianluca? Uh, do you think the starting eleven stays the same, untouched? And what's your prediction? Uh, yeah, I think the starting eleven would stay untouched. Um, I feel like what Jerry was saying before about Immobile. I think he should stay up top. Um, as a starter, I think that um, one of the problems is he's not getting the proper service. Either a ball's too far, a ball's too short. Um, he's making right tactical movements uh, in between the lines, behind the defenders. Um, the goal Kiza scored was thanks to, to Immobile, right? And it, it might have been, um, you know, people might have not seen it because they see the, the, the Kiza goal. But I think Immobile should get the start. Um, I think if there is to be a substitution up top, I'm. It's bad to say, but I'm not a Bellotti fan. Um, I know a lot of Milanese there are. Um, I think putting Raspadori up top, um, although he hasn't played, I think he came on as a sub for one of the games. And like Jared said, once again, you don't make changes right now and you don't test the waters um, on a final game. But I, I think he would give problems to the England defenders. Um, but besides that, yeah, I would keep uh, the tactics the same. Um, as I said, England is fast pace. So is Spain, right? So I see our defense being very, very well put together and, and we'll be able to contain them. Um, so I'm hoping to see Italy go through. Um, but we'll see We'll see what happens with uh, refing decisions and all that as well, right? Well so, said. <laughs> yeah. Martino, what about you? You keep the starting 11 intact from last game and what's your prediction? Yeah, I think you keep the same thing. Um, you know, and, and even like the, the pace, the worst player that we faced for Di Lorenzo was Doku. And then even then it was just, re actually it was really just a half that he played well. Second half, Di Lorenzo adjusted perfectly fine, forced him to cut on, on his right side because you know he wanted to go in on his left to go cross the ball in because that guy cannot shoot. And it was obvious he couldn't finish. Even Sterling today you saw as well, he got in, he had some opportunities, but his finishing was terrible. Um, so if they, if he's able to prevent him from doing that, I think that's fine. I think Saka would be a little bit of a worry for Palmieri, but the good thing is there's some familiarity there because Chelsea, Arsenal. So I think that helps. Um, the only issue is just Jack Grealish is the only guy that worries me. The matchup against – if Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice play the way that they play today against our midfield – they're not going to score a goal. They're not going to see the ball. They're not going to have any opportunities. And especially with Harry Kane, Harry Kane's not going to be able to do anything either. And the one thing that I want to see is Harry Kane. If Harry Kane has to drop back more um, than he would like to, then that helps out Chiellini and Bonucci. Because if they don't have to worry about Harry Kane there, then they're able to help out the fullbacks with those two wingers pushing up on the sides. So for me, I'm fine with it. Maybe it'll be a quick hook for Immobile, depending on body language and, you know, right. just what his involvement is. Um, I do see Berardi probably getting a chance because he was he was actually playing well with that link up. For me, I, I think you could put Insigne as a 10. I think he's he's that good of a distributor. Um, 
And his left foot is better than a lot of people like to give him credit for. Um, and his distribution is, is top, in my opinion. So I think it's all that. The only thing, again, as well, um, Barella, you have to start him, but yeah, he did look tired. He's Could been be inconsistent. He was a little inconsistent this tournament. But when he was on, he's on. Um, but, hey, man, you play for you play in a condensed season like that at his age under Conte, like you're going to be tired. So um, I think 2 nothing ultimately because, um, I don't know, Pick, Pickford does not scare me either. It just that's there was a there's a lot of chances that England have given up to even when their midfielders play well. Germany had amazing chances and opportunities in that game. Scotland had their opportunities. They could not finish because their striker is is dog shit, as Jerry would like to say. Um, so I I think there's an opportunity there. And Jerry, I hope you record just anything after Immobile scores because I oh, think please. there he actually will. Um, and, and I hope for his sake, too, it just puts to bed everything else. Because if Immobile scores in a final in Italy win, then that's a great sign for Qatar. It's over. I know that's yeah. looking ahead. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to – I already mentioned uh, definitely – Hold on. Pickford's a, Pickford's a good goalkeeper. The problem with Pickford – Hold on. Pickford is, is not great in the EPL. Someone told me he's a fantastic mm-hmm. goalkeeper in the EPL. I don't think so. He's not. He makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> and we saw that today against uh, – Against Denmark, but when it's when it's Euros World Cup, he's a whole different brand new goalkeeper. I don't get Ochoa. it. Yeah, like he is amazing. This is one guy I don't want to face in the Euros, but at the end of the day, he 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 has the tendency of making a big mistake. That that's the difference between him and Gigi Donnarumma. Is Gigi Donnarumma makes a mistake, he will make up with a big save. I don't know about Pickford at times where if he makes a mistake, his mistakes are very noticeable. And he was lucky today. I, I remember one pass he made just outside oh, the yeah, box. Yeah. And and like they should have yeah, scored Denmark. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I was like, oh, it was a it was a wrong pass. He should have made, I think, to the guy on the left or something. But Pickford right in the center of the box at yeah, the top. Pickford, yeah. Pickford gave at least the ball away four times today. John Stones doesn't even look that good either. That's mo- that defense is mostly Maguire and Kyle Walker. I mean, Shaw's been good too, but I think John Stones is the guy you gotta go bully and attack. No, you're right. He doesn't look good. I'll, I'll round off the uh, predictions. It's just something I feel like we've had an unusual amount of uh, of extra time games in this tournament. So I'm, I am going to predict Italy to win, and it's only going to feel even sweeter because I think it's going to happen in extra time. No. I'm not going to go penalties for this one. I, I know we we're going to have to have nerves of steel to go through another extra time game, but uh, I am I am going to go with Italy for the W, 2-1 to one in extra time. I, I agree with Martino and Jerry – uh, I think Immobile is going to score. He'll score Italy's first goal. Um, I'm thinking with England, like it's not going to be Sterling. It's not going to be Harry Kane. It's going to be like Harry Maguire on a header from a set piece or something. It's going to be uh, – I could see him scoring. And then I'm, I'm going to go a little off the wall for the game winner in the extra time. I think Domenico Berardi is going to score the Ooh. extra time. Because he, fresh legs, like he looked really lively in the extra time in the semifinal yeah. against Spain. Like, he had one. He was clearly offside, and it was the right call. But he had that awesome Looked like the goat's goal. It lo- yeah. Oh, man. that, that would like if, if he hadn't been offside, that would have just been a spectacular goal and a spectacular finish. So, I, I don't know. I feel like Berardi is going to be the hero 
in this one. So I'm going to go two to one Italy in extra time. So, hey, we'll get 30 minutes of uh, a free football at the end of it. So it's going to be good. Uh, I want to I want to wrap it up by giving everybody on the panel and you guys. Hold on, hold on. Job. I don't agree with Brooklyn Raw. I just saw this quote right now. Emerson, oh, going, to Emerson going to have a tough time with Sterling. I don't agree. We all doubted Emerson against Spain. Um, and he and he, he was hold, wonderful against Spain. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I think the biggest takeaway for with, with Emerson is that he got seventy minutes against Spain, and like we said before, you you want to do that trial and error and testing and everything before the finals, and he got that pregame kind of warm up, get his game, he got some game into him, and I think that's really big going into the finals now because I think that he you can get ninety minutes out of him now because he was able to get some um, some fitness level up. So I think that it's Tommy, huge. Emerson, Emerson DiLorenzo at Napoli next season, baby. I can't wait. I can't wait. We're going to sign this guy. And it's gonna be I don't give a fuck about Napoli right now. I'm watching Adi Azzurri is all on my mind. But when Emerson was on that pitch, the one twos between him and Insigne, I was yeah, like, good. "Oh, this is gonna be great next season." This is gonna I can't be wait great. till Felipe Anderson gets a fucking brace against Napoli <laughs> next year. Get the fuck out oh, of here, Felipe Anderson. Felipe, yeah. oh man! So huge shout out to everybody. Hey, I'll, I'll let everybody uh, give uh, give shout outs to your work and where they can find you, uh, Martino. Where can people find you? Uh, your writing, your shows, all that good stuff. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Martino Puccio. It's just the 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 at right here on the on the screen i think it should be up um and then um you just follow the work on the athletic i don't know if the piece will be open for it that should be i have to write everything tomorrow for the game so um say i had italy uh, as the best pick for um to win the tournament so i've been there too we call this uh, the renaissance era i called it a couple of years ago so with that sort fan phil uh, i know he didn't get along i'm sorry jerry if i brought you up there but uh it was a it was a conversation who was with i apologize um <laughs> i don't even care anymore that was just uh, <laughs> I've actually I, thought about I just wanted to preface by saying i apologize um no, I, don't, I, never... why? I don't i don't hate the guy I, like, okay listen was... when we wear this it doesn't matter it doesn't okay matter. no no i just want to be sure no there's um, no hatred here man he's gonna end up eventually he'll end up on this show because we we've had uh we, we we've had people and we've had so many great panelists on the show grudges, but dude they're there have been times where we've had like people that were enemies uh, and, and they've they've ended up on the show and truces have been made. Yeah. So I'm sure it can happen again. Yeah. And um, you could just uh, the state of play podcast is just uh, just it covers like the top five leagues, uh, like Portuguese leagues sometimes. And, you know, leagues like that. And then MLS, um, if you're interested in that, I'm not going to plug any Milan stuff, or the Milan reports, but like that's. If you, yeah, we don't it doesn't care. look like anyone. Yeah, exactly. I don't want Jerry mad at me for that. So <laughs> well, I, I don't even care, honestly. I'm I'm very easy going. I can do what you want. Oh, to I, do, know, I know, I know. What you guys saying, man? What Roma? Just Fuck them. Roma. That's all I'm saying, man. See, no, Jack, that's why Steven I don't. Though. I don't want to trigger you. I don't, I'm okay with Steven when he's on. He can promote Roma because it's okay, guy. Jerry. Like half yeah, of half of nice them guy. have blocked me already for uh, calling them small clubs. So sorry. Who Roma? They hate a couple of Roma fans. The Roma. They're a small club though. Yeah, I mean, but nothing triggers them more than I mean, so are Lazio, but I mean, not, not nothing triggers them more well, than that. Lazio, I wish we, our club was in 300 million debt and somehow was to show for something for that. <laughs> like, <come laughs> on. Seriously, you're yeah, being, being, being in 300 million debt, debt. It's awesome. We should all do it. It's it's so so much fun. Isn't it sad though? And you're a club of 300 million debt and you have fucking nothing to show for but a tree. 
a fucking bonsai tree. Oh, are they really in that? I thought you were talking about Inter. Ro Roma are in that much debt? Yeah, Roma is in Inter's like double. Roma oh, is two hundred. No, Roma, but Inter's in a different scenario. Okay, they, their owner has debt. Yeah, their debt has debt. Roma's debt didn't equate to a scudetto like Inter did. At least they won a scudetto. What the fuck have they done since two thousand eight, Roma? Honestly, like uh, the last time I read was they had two hundred sixty million in debt, and you don't have. Like you should have Messi you on your fucking team. You don't even have a Coppa Italia this year. They don't even have Champions yeah. League appearances anymore. That's been you know like what? three, I, four years. That's my years. new banter. I gotta tweet that tomorrow. That's my new banter. I yeah, we, yeah. I, I love it. We we got that one. Well, what what about you, uh, Rafa? Uh, you do awesome work, man. Where can people find you? Dude, uh, you see my Twitter handle down here, Rafanopoli83. Martino and I have gotten into it a few times, but I really do love him and his work and and. We, we have, it was a misunderstanding on one thing. That's all it was. <laughs> no, but fucking it's all good. Fucking losing for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Come on. No, but honestly, yeah, hit me up on Twitter. I love to argue. I love to, you know, banter. I love to. I love to chat. I love to. I, I just love it. I love it all. I, I really do love everybody. I got this one guy, Jonathan, who's a huge England fan. He lives out there. He's from there. Big, big Napoli fan, but him and I have been at it all summer long, and it's beautiful. <laughs> it's wonderful. Love it. We can't stand each other this summer. Uh, far from Vesuvius, check us out. Raf and Raf Rant with my buddy Raf Buzado. That's always fun. We go on live. We have take calls sometimes. We we have uh, you know a lot a very interactive show. Um, yeah, man, just check me out there, and uh, uh, you know that's it, really. So awesome stuff as always, and uh, Gianluca has basically become a regular here, uh, and we all we always appreciate you, man. Where can people find you? Thank you. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at at Gilombardi eighty um, five. Huge Milan fan, but I love discussing all teams, any team in any league. Um, so yeah, follow me at at Gilombardi eighty five. Thank you. And Jerry, I'm sure between now and Sunday, you're probably going to publish seventeen different stories. Where can people find you and find your work? Rob, we're never going to have a fucking UV panelist. You're fucking crazy, okay? We never. have before, I... haven't we? We've had UV panelists on, but it's oh, been... It's been a... That was suicide then. Well, oh, I mean, yeah. Uh... I can't see his name because he doesn't like me anymore. He don't follow me, that guy. I don't mm -hmm. know. I, I don't know what I did wrong to him, man. You you know what I'm talking about. I do. I do. But we know other people. I mean, we had uh, we had Carlo on a couple weeks ago. He's uh, I mean, he's, he's very impartial. But yeah. he is a Juve fan. Never knew he was a Juve fan, eh? You didn't well, know that? Well, that, well, that's no. a good thing. I knew he was a Juve fan, but he's, yeah. he is very impartial. It's hard to tell, which is a good yeah, thing. Yeah, he is impartial. I yeah. never knew he was a fucking yeah. Juve fan. He, uh, <laughs> uh, unlike Jerry, uh, unlike Jerry and I, he tries to stay very professional. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. One Juve fan, for some reason, doesn't like me for no reason. But whatever. Shit happens. Can't have everybody like you. Um, yeah, I actually wrote about Di Lorenzo on the previous game that should be out tomorrow. It hasn't been out yet. Uh, Stephen Moore has been busy, but uh, he's gonna. I think he's going to publish it tomorrow. But it's exactly what Rafa said about how Di Lorenzo has probably been one of the most surprising stories in the uh, Euros. And I give him props for this article because I kind of drifted away from any Lazio player because I have nothing to write for anymore. I've given up. I've either have mushed them or something. I wrote about who should start, Immobile or Belotti. Maybe didn't oh, – there's nothing I can say. Like, it just didn't benefit Rodigi. me. 
Yeah, yeah, Mariki, twenty million dollars. <laughs> you know we could we could have bought fucking Damsgar for God's sake. Honestly, we need yeah. a winger. We could have bought Damsgar. Who do we got? Ten million dollar Fares and twenty million dollar Marici. Well, along those lines, we could have bought Damsgar for thirty million. I, I, I like, off. I apologize. Like no, but like <laughs> it happens it blows every time because we need a winger. Four three three. Damsgar's there. You buy like uh, we get a young player. We're the oldest squad in the in City. Uh, did you know that? We're the oldest mm. fucking squad in City, and somehow we managed to finish top six against a fucking team that has a debt up their ass. I don't get it, man. Jerry, so easy to rile up. I love it. Yeah. All you have to do is say Morici, and, and boom, uh, off to the races. Morici, man. Oh, my God. I'd rather have kept Bostles last summer and fucking use him as a striker. <laughs> Me, man. Like, oh, man. Oh, it's. Uh, well, we'll see what happens next year. I hope we don't. I, and the last thing is, I hope Korea does not go to Paris Saint Germain. That team. I mean, I, everybody I would, else is, right? Why not? I, I would bet my life, okay, that PSG does not win the Champions League next season. I will bet my life. I think Bayern Munich will have players back in their lineup. They'll, they'll have. I think they were missing a few key players when they played Paris Saint Germain. Be they didn't better. have Lewandowski when they played him. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't think they have Alfonso Davies either. I think he was out as well, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I think I, I heard I saw Lucas a long Hernandez time. got hurt too, actually. So he had surgery. So they might miss yeah, him man, a little bit. I do live in Woodbridge. I do. Um, anybody who wants to uh, meet up at Market Lane on Sunday, if, and I say if Italy wins, I will show up to Market Lane finally. It, it's been a superstition where I do not want to celebrate after a game anymore. Until they actually win it, and then I can actually be happy for something. It can't be. I'm not. I'm not 16 for sh- anymore, where I can like go and celebrate fucking opening game. Where yeah, we beat fucking whoop de doo first game, and we're gonna win the tournament when there's six more games to go. And it's like eh, the fun's over. I'll be there first time. It, you're gonna have a blast. Just heads up. Do not park or drive by Islington. Um, it's going to be a disaster. Try to like. We're getting traffic tips now. Try. <laughs> no, they're, they're going to shut. You can't get in from Mark, from from uh, Woodbridge <laughs> Avenue to Islington. They shut it down because there's just no way to get in. I think Gianluca probably knows too. Jerry's and, up there at the traffic chopper right now. Oh, we're over <laughs> oh uh, Toronto. Oh, people oh, told big, me. big, uh, big build up, big pile up on the highway. Wow, you got to Photoshop that. Maybe Gianluca is fortunate too. I, I'm going to park at my parents' house and just walk yeah. up there. That's what I did last oh game. Worked yeah. on my train. Everything was close from Islington to Kipling, so I just walked it. Yeah. Oh, Fucking, my God. Yeah, it's like maybe 15 minutes walk for me. Uh, my my uh, my brother-in-law's family is actually selling jerseys and stuff down the street because they, they own an actual, like, jacket leather company. They used to. They have so much stuff left over. So they've been at the Nino Diversa in the parking lot. And they've been selling it. Nino Diversa basically is a bakery. It's like one of the most well-known bakeries here. Um, yeah, you guys got to come to Toronto for fucking Euros, man. Where you guys I, if I start driving now, I think I'll be there in like 45 hours or something. So I'll <laughs> get in the car. <laughs> 95, baby. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen. Uh, uh, you guys you, need you Italian guys... citizens, man. What the fuck do you guys uh, – uh, New Jersey, you should have some, man. Don't they make I'm like not good from Jersey, man. <laughs> Everyone thinks Jersey. that. Jersey. No, I, I think it's because you like the New Jersey Devils. What a shit team. Yeah, that's probably uh, that's the only that reason. Be. What a fucking shit team, eh? <laughs> fucking garbage. 
Oh man! Oh well, listen. Uh, we 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 had a great time. You guys can follow me, my personal Twitter at Alex Dono. Uh, make sure you follow the show as well. Uh, we follow back. Um, we we built a, a nice community of Calcho fans. So follow follow the show on Twitter at Calcho Con Pod. We follow everybody back, even porn bots, especially porn bots. We, we follow those back. Uh, and uh, and make sure you check out. Not only you know do we do these episodes uh, on the main channel live on YouTube. You can also catch the podcast replays. Just search Calcho Connection on every platform, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Google, all, all the podcast platforms. Just search Calcho Connection. Make sure, you, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, and subscribe to our Patreon channel. Uh, th that, that's usually left up to my inter content. So if you're not an interista, you may not be so into the Patreon. But if you are, you'll probably be into it because I do uh, – uh, at least five times a week, I do daily doses of Inter, transfer news, rundown, stuff like that. And we're running a special on the Patreon this month uh, where every dime that comes in through pledges uh, until August 4th will be donated in full. 100% of it will be donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So, uh, And that includes existing subscribers. If you've subscribed for weeks or months, you know, whenever it rolls over this month, we're going to donate that in full to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So if you're not there for Inter, come in for the kids, man. So huge time. Thanks again to all of our panelists, Martino, Gianluca, Rafa, Jerry, of course, my co-host. Everybody was fantastic. Everybody who tuned in, thank you so much. Forza Azzurri. We will talk to you guys maybe even before Sunday, if not shortly after the game Sunday. We'll talk to you guys next time on another episode of the Caltra Connection podcast. Ciao. Pangulo.